Have you heard the message? An original science fiction podcast from Panoply and GE Podcast Theater. All of season one is available now. So listen and find out why a 70-year-old alien recording seems to be killing people. Search the message on iTunes. Hi, I'm Sarah Humphreys, the executive editor of Real Simple, a busy stepmother of two, and an amateur cook who loves to cook but has lots of questions. And I'm Sarah Karnasevich, the food editor of RealSimple.com, a professional cook and a working mom who tries to give you all the answers. Welcome to Things Cooks Know, the weekly podcast where the professional cook, that's Sarah Kay, shares insider advice and secrets that the busy amateur cook, that's me, can use in her own kitchen with her own family. Today on Things Cooks Know, we're talking about holiday baking projects. <laughs> and I use the word projects because I mean projects. I mean things in which the process of making these things is actually as enjoyable as eating them. Mm-hmm. And things you either can do alone to get in the holiday spirit, which is always nice, or things you can do with your family. <laughs> Sometimes to create... better when you're alone. <laughs> it's always nice. It's always better alone. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, or things you can do with your family to create new traditions. Also fun. So first, I, we have to confess something. We're both like full-fledged holiday freaks. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've been talking about this a lot lately, about our, our fantasy life, um, that if we both hit the lotto, we would just take off the entire month of December and do nothing but baking and crafting and caroling and wrapping and like some kind of ribbon origami or something like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, th- I think I'd learn, like, how to knit, and I'd make knit stockings. Yeah. I'd, I'd needlepoint more stockings because I have done that before. I would make all of the ornaments for my tree out of, like, edible things. Oh, I would yeah. have a big party where all these kids would come over, and I'd use all those, the materials you used when you were little to make ornaments, mm-hmm. like, like felt, felt and sequins, feathers and pine cones. I love it. I still do that. I, I really, I want to have a whole party where you put it all in the middle of the table, and then all the kids come over, and the adults, and you all make your ornaments. Actually, I lied. I did that when I was pregnant, and I haven't done that in the last <laughs> four years. Okay. But and I fantasize about once and again And such is your that. life. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I think we should just kind of get into it. Yeah. Well, so December 1st rolls around and it's like officially the start of, we left pie season and now we're in what? Cookie season, oh, right? 100%. So I think everyone is kind of like assembling their cookie rosters right now. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you, wait, hold on. Do you think people really have cookie rosters? I do. Okay. I do. I think everyone or a lot of I think that if you do holiday baking, you usually have like one or two go to cookie things. And if you participate in any kind of swap, which I know a lot of people do, like they're the things that you go back to again and again and kind of. Rely well, I guess on. I would say you're right. I, I do think people have kind of their cookie. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's a it's a rare bird who has her holiday cookie roster. Okay, because that implies like that's maybe in our like fan- nine. That's our bag yeah. of cash fantasy life idea. <laughs> yeah. But I, but yeah, I think it's really funny to think back and think about your mom or think about your mom's friends and think about your friends now. People kind of have their cookie. Oh, totally. What, What's yours? Okay, my cookie. Jinx. Okay, Jinx. I'll show you mine if you show me yours. Okay, so mine is just like the most basic sugar cookie ever. It's I, I mentioned it in another another podcast because it's from a recipe that my friend, my mom's friend Linda Boehner gave us, and it's called Ethel's sugar cookies. But we have no idea. Who Ethel? No idea. No idea. But it's like the most basic recipe ever. And then we just use buttercream frosting because I think that you, if if you're gonna have frosting on a cookie, you need to have like real frosting on a cookie. So are they cakey cookies? 
It depends on how long you bake them for. Yes. I like those. They're kind of, yeah, they're like, they're, oh, they're delicious. So that's, that's my cookie. What about you? Yeah. So if I'm going like the nostalgia route, I mean, the one that has stuck with me from my childhood and that I still make most years now is from the Betty Crocker cookie book. Are you familiar with it? No, but I... I, Oh my God. No. Get on Amazon right now. You can get a used copy for like 99 cents. Okay. Everyone needs to own this book. It's spelled... The important thing to look for is the word cookie is spelled C-O-O-K-Y, which I've never really been able to figure out why. And I've spent probably more time than anyone needs to thinking about this. Yeah. But it's a big red spiral. Well, it has a hard cover, but then inside... It's spiral bound. Well, I have I have the Betty Crocker cookbook. That's that. It's like, like the that vintage too, yeah. one that has the hardcover and then this and then the kind of spiral bound note pages inside. So definitely growing like my mom had that growing up, and it it's just kind of I think if you're a kid it it's just kind of like mind blowing. And so I always think about it like that because it's just filled with these sort of amazing technicolor pictures and like the gingerbread house in that book it's like seared into my memory the the gumdrops and like this like dripping snow frosting and these like sugar wafer sides so just visually looking through this book is kind of like this candyland fantasy and then there are also just some classic cookie recipes. And the whole thing is cookies or, you know, bars and things like mm-hmm. that. And I've made a lot of stuff from it. But, but the one that is my family's kind of go-to, and I think a lot of families have versions of this, is the candy cane cookie. Oh, yeah. The kind of the red and the yeah, so regular you, cookie It's like a base, color. you know, it's a very simple sugar cookie dough. And then you tint half the dough red and you leave the other half white and then you roll them into like snakes Mm -hmm. and and then roll them together so you have like striped ropes and then kind of bend them into a a, a, what do you call them candy candy canes yeah candy cane shape and then you bake them like that and they're just like buttery and sugary and cute and you you know i mean they're great like that people go crazy for them but you could also like say you were baking on christmas eve or you did something like that with family they look really cute hanging on the tree oh, and so like cute too. so or you could dip them in like peppermint exactly like white chocolate and peppermint crumbles hot or chocolate you know, with hot chocolate but they're they're easy like they're so easy that you can definitely make them with your kids without anyone like injuring themselves or stopping speaking to each other or anything like that. And they're just fun. Okay. That sounds good. Oh, That's and a classic. Sorry. Another addendum. Some people might be like, ew, yuck. I don't want to make that cookie because it has f- food coloring in it and oh, red dye number, all kind of bad whatever. stuff. But there are more and more, um, you know, natural food dyes out there. Um, so if you're concerned about that, I would say the India tree brand is, is pretty good. I, I like to use that when I can. So keep your eye out for that. That, that, This sounds very ignorant, but I actually didn't realize people were having an issue with, I I see why. I I mean, mean, uh, when we're developing recipes, I think for the magazine, but definitely for the website, I know this has been an issue that the other Sarah, food Sarah Copeland and I have (laughs) talked about. You know, we we try and steer clear of food colorings when possible, but it's yeah, not always. I possible. actually agree with yeah. you. I, I don't think we really ever have dyed food mm-hmm. in the magazine. But when you're talking about dyeing Christmas, cookie, I know, right? Frosting? Like you mean frosting? Oh, come on! Yeah. I mean, I've gone the opposite way. I've gotten that gel food coloring mm-hmm. that's like super like, intense and saturated. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's I mean, the colors really are good amazing. colors. Yeah. Like you know, Technicolor colors. Right. But I guess I'm you know. 
So that's kind of like the, um, you know, the childhood making cookies with my mom um, favorite. And then another one that has kind of sentimental value, but is one that I just love in every form is a molasses crinkle. You know, like one of those dark molasses spice cookies that have kind of like the the crevices and the yes. ridges on top. And it's usually sprinkled with just kind of like sugar on top. Or right. That I like like a little bit chewy, but crisp around the edges. That to me is like the perfect cookie. Mm-hmm. That's what I will pick every time. And mm, it's always been a cookie that had like a lot of lore in my family because my mom always growing up talked about the kind, the molasses crinkles that my grandmother would make when she was little, which she remembered the recipe coming from the old Wesson Oil cookbook oh, that my see, grandmother that's the, had. <laughs> that's where the best recipes come from, and, the backs of bottles. Yeah. And this was like, a you know, those little pamphlets mm-hmm. that they used yep. to sell with or to give out with the things, you know, mid-century. This was probably 50s, 60s. And when I was like a teenager, I just, my mom talked about this all the time and she was so upset because those were her favorite cookies and no one had any idea where that pamphlet went and the recipe was kind of like lost to time. She talked about it a lot. So I have to say the best gift I ever gave my mom was in my early 20s and I had a, I had a really boring job and a lot of <laughs> you time know, you can you can be really a really spend great on daughter eBay, <laughs> but job. I I like scoured every every garage sale every antique mall every flea market I was at looking every time I saw a pile of those pamphlets those kind of cookbooks I would look through them and try and find a Westland oil cookbook that had that recipe in it I never found it. Finally, on eBay, I saw one, a Wesson Oil cookbook, and I like went back and forth with the seller. Anyone who was selling a Wesson Oil cookbook, I would go back and ask them to look in it and see if it had a molasses crinkle, ginger crinkle recipe in it. I finally found it, and I ordered it, and I gave it to my mom for Christmas with like a handwritten note in it. It's the only gift I've ever given my mom that really, really made her cry. Oh. So... The, now those are like enshrined in family lore. And we have the recipe again. And it's so easy Such because it, it's an oil-based recipe. <laughs> so like it's all done in one bowl and you could make the cookies in 15 minutes. And they probably last a long time. They do. They're pretty, yeah. That's and they're really one of those nice spice cookies that actually taste a little bit better a couple days after you've made it. And they make so, the house smell yeah. great when they bake too. All right, that's that's really nice. How are we going to top that? That's just like the <laughs> nicest story I've ever heard. Okay, I know you. We've talked about molasses, but also gingerbread. I mean, do you? So make I gingerbread cookies. I love making gingerbread cookies. Yeah. And a couple of years ago, I did a story on cookies that were are made with those beautiful wooden molds, or like they're they're not always made of wood wood now. But you know the molds that I'm talking about. They have like embossed kind of designs yeah, on I them. Think Maybe so. you've seen them, or sometimes you see rolling pins. So you just have... smush the dough into so, them. So yeah, I mean, usually it's like Springerle or other sort of German cookies mm-hmm. that um, you use f- those molds for. And so I, I when I was doing the story, I did that too. But those are a little bit the dough can be a little bit more complicated and they have anise in them. So it's not a flavor that everyone loves, but I developed a gingerbread recipe um, where that you could use the molds with too. And basically you can almost do it with anything. You're just kind of embossing the dough 
with these decorative molds and then cutting out around them. It's really easy and they look amazing. I mean, they look like something that you would spend $10 for at like a fancy bakery. Oh, it's like a good food gift. Like yeah. So if you want to give someone one of those molds. Oh, yeah. And like your favorite gingerbread recipe together. That's nice. It would be a really nice gift. Okay. So we've talked about nostalgic cookies, old cookies. Let's talk about new cookies. But first, today's show is brought to you by The Message, an original science fiction podcast from Panoply and GE Podcast Theater. Hi, Nikki Tomlin here, and I'm the host of The Message. I'm going to take you into an elite cryptography think tank and check it out. Their top project right now is to decode a highly classified radio transmission from the 1940s. Have you listened to it yet? Not yet. Uh, We're having a discussion about that. But if I offered you the chance to listen to it right now... Sounds like a no. Well, we don't really know what it is. Voices, music, breathing. But, you know, I'm not going to mess with that thing. To sum it up, extraterrestrials. Subscribe to The Message on iTunes. Every year, every magazine churns out more cookie ideas. So, like, you have your old faithfuls that everybody makes, but you always want to be inspired by new. And it is fun to try new once in a while. Totally. And you know what? The reason that magazines do this every year is because everybody loves it. And, like, I do this every year, and I still get excited about it. I know. You really do. They're so pretty. So so real simple, um, for the last, I don't even know how many years, has done a cookie calendar. So essentially one cookie a day. Yeah. Starting December 1st, correct? No, 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 no. Starting November 1st. Jeez oh, Louise. This year we did, I don't, I can't speak to prior years because I was not a party to it. But this year we did two months, 61, yeah, 61 days of cookies Every a cookie for every day of the quote unquote holiday season. So these are all on realsimple.com. If you Google realsimple.com cookie calendar 2015, you will be able to feast your eyes on this masterpiece. And it, I have to say, it's really beautiful. It looks it really, is really, really, really good. And it's a collection of it's they're not all brand spanking new recipes, there are 22 brand new recipes that have never appeared on the website or the magazine before. Um, and the rest, we culled through all of our archives to pick our favorites and um, to put together this really, I mean, I think it's kind of a surprising lineup. And when you see them all together, there's just a huge variety of shapes and flavors and looks and it's just, it's a really special kind of array. So if you are going to a swap or, you know, want to try and make, you know, one cookie a week for the next few weeks to kind of bulk up your own spread, you have tons and tons and tons of material to work with there. So you can kind of like browse through it. I think you guys in creating 22 new recipes and picking out 61 or whatever it is, have to expand the definition of what a cookie really is. Yes, and we did. So would you give me, I would love to hear kind of the top the top three or four sure. favorites. I mean, so highlights. you're absolutely right. I mean, we really, we were generous with what we were calling a cookie. 
in that there are some that are savory because we think that would be, you know, sometimes you want that on a dessert tray too, or with cheese or fruit. There are some that are kind of more bar-like than straight up, you know, cookie-shaped. And, um, you know, there's some that border on the confection side too. Mm -hmm. So like, I think we have a truffle on there or something. But all things that you could put on a cookie tray and no one would look askance at you. (laughs) Some of my favorites of the new ones, there's this pumpkin seed and cacao nib toffee that Genevieve Co., who's one of our contributors, who's amazing, developed. And it's so easy because the base is like club, those buttery club crackers. And... So it's really simple to put together, and it all just kind of forms this sheet that you then crack into pieces, and it's made of crackers, and it is literally like crack. <laughs> like when we were at the photo shoot, shooting these, we kept we couldn't stop eating it, and we all agreed that if we had kids, we would be like you know making this multiple batches of this for them where, every week. Where do you buy cacao nibs? You can get them. Um, yeah, most grocery stores, like wherever near the chocolate aisle oh, okay. or in the baking aisle. Okay. Another one that we we love is there are these little dark chocolate. It's kind of cross between a thumbprint cookie and a brownie bite. Oh, yum. So they just have like a little indentation in the middle and then a little pool of this white chocolate ganache that has a little bit of orange in it. So it's this like citrus chocolate creamy I feel like a thumbprint has turned into a holiday cookie. It's kind of random that it has, but... Oh, definitely. It's made its It's way. It's in the canon. Yeah, it is in the canon. So those are a great chocolate option that the chocolate is cut a little bit by like that nice citrusy note. And then one of the ones that I worked on that I loved were the, uh, what I was calling the, their double vanilla drops. So they're really cakey, just round vanilla cookies so the cookies themselves have two different kinds of vanilla in them, and then they have a vanilla glaze on top oh, of them. Oh, that sounds so good. So they're just, if you love vanilla, if you get excited about vanilla the way some people get excited about chocolate, because I'm one of those people too, these are like just vanilla on top of vanilla on top of vanilla. And I love personally that texture of like a nice little round cakey cookie with like a little crackly glaze on top. You can't go wrong with that. Okay. And then another thing, uh, another one that's very kind of surprising and looks more impressive than it is difficult that's on there is a new one this year is the pistachio matcha financier, which is like very fancy (laughs) French kind of tiny little tea cake. Mm -hmm. And usually they're made in their own little pan, you know, special financier pans and all this BS. You don't need that. We make ours in a mini muffin pan. Oh, cute. And they look so, so sweet. And you put those out with coffee and your guests will just about keel over and die. They're so impressed. Okay. That sounds like the fanciest one to me. But, yeah. You know, if you're real, if you like to push the envelope a little bit, but you're it's sick not of doing hard. Your candy canes. Yeah, exactly. Like you have the, on the one end of the spectrum, you have the candy canes. And then on the other end, you have the, pistachio matcha business. Okay. So I said we were talking about holiday baking projects today, and I think we have talked about some projects. Yes. But let's end on kind of the the most iconic baking project that you can take on, I would say, for the holidays, which is, of course, 
a gingerbread project. And I know that you are the master of the gingerbread house, right? Well, I mean, this I is mean, something you do every year. Yeah, right. I'm the master of buying <laughs> the Wilton packet of, I mean, it's it's this hey, make no your own shame. gingerbread kit. One yeah. year I did make my own gingerbread and make made my own gingerbread houses. And I was really pissed because my sister-in-law said she would be involved and basically managed to just saw you know sashay in right when they were ready to be assembled and decorated and then sashay out when Uh-oh. it's time to clean up so i was very angry and it was it was really it was very time consuming so i've really just kind of like not waved the white flag yeah. no and like you buy the wilton that's a DIY lot of kit. for a house i mean yeah it's a lot that's a lot and measuring multiple templates. houses forget it that's yeah and then things don't you know they break so anyway these these wilton i don't know how they're so shelf stable but they it's basically like you know, the gingerbread itself, I, I do. It's petrified. It, it literally, I would never attempt to bite that, that gingerbread. You lose a tooth. And then it comes with this icing that's that's pure cement. But it's great because you can make them pretty quickly and they're super solid. So, like, they're really good for kids who are just, like, slamming yeah. gumdrops and stuff all over the house. So you get the experience without yes, having to go through the completely. So I'm all about it. Okay. Well, I want to offer an alternative if you do actually want to do some bake, you know, you're doing the baking, not just the decorating, yes. but you're not going to, like, make yourself into a gingerbread sweatshop. <laughs> and that is, we just did a video um, for the site, and it's kind of completely charming about how to make a gingerbread cookie Christmas tree. So it's really pretty could be a great centerpiece for a little dessert tray or, you know, any sort of holiday table. And all that is required is a basic gingerbread recipe. We developed it using our classic recipe from the site and one set of cookie cutters, graduated star-shaped cookie cutters that you can buy on Amazon for like, I think they're like $7. So it's not a big investment. And it's just so cool the way you can kind of you know, reused, kind of tweak just basic star-shaped cookies. And what you do is instead of, like, laying them out flat, you stack them up on top of each other, and it becomes this three-dimensional Because you kind of rotate the points, right? So you start, you have these graduated cookie cutters. So you want them in it, you want to use at least four sizes of stars, going from big to little. And you cut out your dough with equal numbers of each of the sizes and you bake them and you cool them and then starting with the biggest stars on the bottom you stack them staggering them so that the points of the stars aren't lined up and uh, you you make a, a little bit of just like a really basic kind of royal icing which is just an egg white and confectioner mm-hmm. sugar that's like your glue. glue and you just put a a dot of that between the layers as you stack them and it hardens and holds it together and you know it's kind of self-explanatory as you start going you'll see that you just narrow it using the, the smaller stars as you go to the top and in the end you have like a little evergreen it tree. is really cute i saw it on the, I, I watched the video and today truly it's anyone if you really can cut cute. out a cookie you can do this it's not it's not and then you finish it off with surgery. some and uh, powdered sugar. Yeah, we did it with like we put a little like a star uh, topped toothpick. Like you can get them at party stores, like a little foil star on top. So we made that our tree topper. 
And then we just sprinkled it with confectioner sugar, and it looks like, you know, a snowy tree in the forest. I was actually thinking, you know those cinnamon red hots, those little, you could put those on the end. Oh, you, on the I mean, you could go, the, if you want to start decorating I mean, if the we tree, had all month, we could. you could go way, way, way beyond this. Yeah. I mean, we just did a very simple version of it, but totally, you could put silver balls on it. You could you could pipe icing around each of the branches. Oh my gosh. You could go to town. On you could this. get that metallic like sanding sugar. Yes, all of that. All right, so when we take the month off, that's what we're doing. <laughs> but until then, thank you so much for today for joining us for Things Cooks Know. We'd like to thank our producer, Tim Einenkel, and our engineer, Zach Dinerstein. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe on iTunes. And for a million more great baking tips and tricks, head to realsimple.com. Don't miss the cookie calendar as well. If you have topics you'd like us to cover next time, you can tweet them to us at Sarah P. Humphreys or at SQ Karn. We'll be back next week. Bye.